0: We're teaching the Word of God to inspire and motivate. We're encouraging you to inquire and investigate as you seek after hope and salvation. We're using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to cut through all pretense, prejudice, and preconceived ideas until we're left with nothing but the pure will of God. Host, Chris Pelts and this is Sowers with Swords. Home is where the heart is. That's what we're gonna be talking about a little bit the this morning here on Sowers with Swords. I appreciate everybody tuning in to us as we go live here on Facebook and on YouTube. This is a work of the Southside Church of Christ. Check us out on the web at southsidesower.com. Again, my name is Chris Peltz, and joining me on the program, as always, is Richard Dotson up in Kearney, Missouri. Richard, good to have you on the program.
1: Chris, can I dedicate the show? (laughs) No, I, I, I read a story this morning, and it really inspired me. All right. The man named, if I pronounce this right, Toshua, Toshua Parker. I may have that name wrong. He is a, uh, a merchant in Gustavus, Alaska. And uh, the the barge, because of the virus, the, the barge that supplies that town went out. And so he bought one of those army... Uh, uh, barges, you know, that transports troops and the front end plops down and and he bought one of those and he learned about the tides and winter to use this uh, boat and he traveled seven hours to Juneau, Alaska to fill up supplies for the town and bring it back.
0: Wow. And I found
1: that to be very inspiring. So I, hats off to, to that man. I, I, I was he's going out of his way to try to save people. I, I thought that was a, that was a good thing.
0: You know, that, and that, and that really goes to in part what we're going to be talking about because, you know, where is, where is your heart? Is your heart really set on yourself? Is your heart set on others? Is your heart set on God? And, uh, you know, that, that is inspiring. That's a great story. And, uh, that's, um, That's really cool. That's really cool that folks, you know, during this time, there's a lot of, there are a lot of great stories out there that what people are doing to help their neighbor, to help others. um, And uh, so that's, that's great to hear about that happening up in Alaska, because that definitely is above and beyond. Yeah, those
1: poor people want some eggs, though, because where he was getting supplies, they were only allowing two cartons of eggs per uh, customer. (laughs) So the poor guy was taking only two cartons of eggs back to the town. So that was kind of, that was kind of humorous.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, man. Expensive Um, eggs. Yeah, they would be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man. Well, you know, and that shows that here's a man who has a heart set on other people, which is, which is amazing. You know, Jesus got onto the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15 verses seven through nine, when he says that uh, you hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you for you honor me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. And in vain, you worship me teaching his doctrine, the commandments of men. You know, that's a good
1: point you just brought up because this man did have a right heart and he was looking to help people, but he did it in accordance with the law of the land. And so as preachers, you and I are wanting to help people. We're trying to preach to save souls but as he has as he made sure he followed the laws of the land we have to make sure we follow God's laws
0: that you know and that's right and and while we we do follow even the laws of the of man as long as they don't go against God's law but we are first and foremost to have our our heart set on God, Colossians chapter two says to have your affections set on things above, and I think that's a that's a big point that we're going to be talking about today. Because right now, you know, we have been in, in essence in turmoil as far as uh, you know some some local churches are concerned. Uh, really, just the religious world altogether because of stay-at-home orders, because of isolating isolation orders of, you know, don't gather together. Don't be together. Uh, Even some places saying, you know, if you're going to gather together, well, if you're going to have any type of assembly, there are certain restrictions. Don't sing. Um, You know, make sure you're, you know, you have your social distancing. Uh, Don't get close to one another. And so don't, um, you know, which some churches have got creative. They've gotten these drive-up services where they're in the parking lot, and uh, and they're able to uh, use FM transmitters, they're preaching, people are in their cars listening to sermons, and folks come out and they're passing the Lord's Supper to the vehicles. Uh, and even at that, there are uh, there are some restrictions in some states that say, you know, no one can come up to the car, no one can leave their car. In fact, that was one of the restrictions here in Missouri. And uh, and it, it really caused us to have to sit back and think, now, wait a minute, what is happening? What What is our obligation, our responsibility when it comes to not only obeying the law of the land, considering others around us with this pandemic that is happening, with this virus that is being spread, and our obligation to serve and worship God and to obey his word. And so that is a, that that's really caused a lot of struggles because while pandemics have happened for the, you know, not in our lifetime, you know, you know, they go back to what, to um, 1918, 1919. The Spanish flu. Right. Uh, You know, there's been some scares, you know, 2009 with the, the, you know, H1N1 and, uh, and things like that, which, you know, uh, our son, Jake, you know, he was diagnosed, you know, he got that, the H1N1. And so, uh, you know, we went through that, but we never had any type of stay-at-home orders or anything like that um, restrictions that were set in place. So this is new for all of us. And the problem we're running into now as some of these things are being released and laxed that some churches and and, uh, individuals are running into is that, you know, since they've been doing everything online, for so long. they there Many have come up, and, and I'm not just saying this because, um, oh, you know, I'm sure this is happening. No, we've run into this. We've have had some conversations with people. They're saying, well, we've been doing this for a month this way, and and I like it, and I want to continue to do it this way. I don't want to, uh, you know, have to go and, and uh, gather together on the first day of the week or anything like that. So this is an issue we're running into, Although Richard, this isn't new to this problem, to this, you know, pandemic, you know, staying at home, worshiping at home and not being a part of a local work is something that, uh, you know, folks have been trying to get away with, uh, you know, for years. You know, um,
1: I had a, a discussion with a brother this past week who told me about one of their members. They've been streaming their worship service. And uh, this brother told him that when the church opens back up, he's going to keep worshiping at home because he likes it that way. And they, they streamed their whole worship service. They were doing that before the pandemic. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, anyway, I, w- I was talking to another member and I passed that information on to them and they said, oh, well, that's wrong. And I said, but that's what you're doing now. How are you going to tell him it's wrong? and see that's the thing if you're streaming or whatever you're doing if it's if it's different than what's normal you're going to have to have an end game and you're going to have to be able to convince people why they need to be able to be at church instead of being at home streaming their worship
0: yeah and, and i want to have full disclosure here as far as at least i'm, I'm going to talk about me and the church here in springfield when this first happened uh, we, you know, when everyone was becoming scared and they were talking about the stay-at-home orders, we did meet again, and then uh, and then we canceled our Wednesday night Bible study, uh, and then there were some more concerns as more cases in Missouri, and for uh, probably three weeks we canceled altogether. We we put a stop to gathering together. And we did everything um, as far well. We did Bible studies online. I'll, I'll do that. We can't say we did everything because we didn't. You know, first of all, we weren't gathered together. We did not take Lord's Supper. We weren't singing um, because of some of the, you know, um, uh, how uh, not restrictions but uh, limitations, I guess, of of this online um, capabilities. So there were things we weren't doing, and then a small numbers like listen, we we, <laughs> you know, we were missing one another. I mean, we could talk, we could phone, we could, um, you know, do these online classes, but it. it it wasn't the same, and even meeting together when we started meeting again, uh, it was small numbers, and we would encourage our older folks who were high risk or, you know, some of those who were working in hospitals with the me- in the medical field, you know, they made the decision because they're in contact with people, they're at the hospitals constantly, they were going to stay away. But a few of us started gathering and meeting together um, and, and engaging in our worship with with um you know uh you know cautions precautions in place as far as distancing as far as how we were protecting the lord's supper all of those things you know so so we went through that process of like wow this is new this is different kind of like bad weather you know was kind of our our way of thinking when snowstorm come ice is all over the roads you know we cancel services for safety and so we did that for three weeks but then you know um you can't trust the media, first of all, you know, and that, that's not getting political. You just can't. You cannot trust media. You cannot trust politicians and and so many conflicting things that were coming out. So we decided, you know what, we're going to take precautions, but we're going to meet because, first of all, God says we're to meet together. And and secondly, and then I'll turn it over to you, Richard, uh, for anything you want to say on this, but uh, as these restrictions were put in place, and while I did not look at this at first as a persecution against the church, and overall across the country, I don't think that was it uh, as a, in a, in you know as a whole. But there were some states, Kentucky, for example, Kentucky used this, and it's obvious you know them by their fruits. They used this as an opportunity to persecute the church to. Um, to look for opportunity to try and make people stay at home and not worship God when they would allow for abortion clinics to stay open uh, and you know and, and other ungodly immoral things you know and liberal things to take place, but no, no churches, no gathering together. They put state troopers out taking pictures of, uh, of license plates and sending uh, self quarantine orders you know, to their homes if they were out gathering together with churches, and there was an assault on, on churches as a whole. And so, um, and so then that really caused me anyway to stop and pause and think. We need to rethink, you know, why we aren't really gathering together, and at what point do we say, no, 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 listen, we're, we are going to put God first in our life. Our heart is with God first and foremost. Well,
1: our story up at Kearney is very similar. Uh, we saw what was taking place in Spain, and we heard what they were saying about the coronavirus. And so we were very concerned about lowering the curve, and we thought we needed to do our part. And so we closed for about a month. And there was something, as a preacher, I got to tell you, my conscience was bothered. Every night I was thinking, I'm missing something. Something has to be wrong here. And it wasn't until the Kansas governor, when she came out and shut down all churches, she uh, she said that the the churches were non essential. And that's when the light bulb went off in my head, and I start I prepared a lesson about the assembly being essential. Um, and of course, that's when I called the brethren up and I said, "Look, we need to start. We need to meet." I don't, uh, I didn't care at that point what the government was saying this is an essential work and so that's when we open back up yeah
0: and that and and to say that all right first of all you know as we point this out we this has been a process for both of us and for for churches all across the world around the world you know not just across the country but around the world um you know and and i guess the conclusion that you and i have come to is you know, from scriptures, first of all, you know we are we are to be a part of a local work, which we're going to talk about. We are to gather together, at least at the very least, on the first day of the week, to do certain things that God has demanded, that He has commanded us to do, that we must put put first in our lives. And, but with that, you know, individuals need to make certain decisions for themselves, and they need to consider their particular situation, those who are older, those who are in the you know, medical facilities that come in contact with those who may be uh, sick, that you know, they make their own decisions. So we, you know, in this process, we are not saying, if you're not gathering together when we're open right now, you know, during this time, you know, you're, you're sinning. No, that's, we're not saying that, um, you know, if you're making the decision for safety, for your own health, at this point, you think it'd be best, you know, for yourself or for others. You know, but the church isn't going to cancel worshiping God. That that's something we're not going to do. The doors are open. You know, we're get we've been gathering together and meeting, even if it's been a small group, but encouraging folks to use some common sense for yourself and your own health and own and own safety. But as a congregation, we can't say we're shutting the doors and and we're we're not meeting together anymore. We're just that's just something we're not going to do. Uh but we also want to be cautious and be careful to say that, um, you know, this isn't something that you decide to do. Oh, I'm just going to listen to everything online. I'm going to take the Lord's Supper at home. I'm going to do all these things at home. And, and I like it that way. I want it that way. And that's where, you know, the, the idea of, you know, home is where the heart is. Um, you know, our heart becomes so set on the things that we like, we want and workarounds. you know, to try to get things done in a way that, you know, that it leaves God almost out of the picture and out of the decision making. Uh, and, and that's the danger, first and foremost, because if you can do everything online, then you don't even have to be a part of a local work, you, you know, because how first of all, how would you know? And, and this is before the pandemic, this was a, a battle that we've been fighting. People saying, well, you know, I, I worship at home. I do everything at home. You know, I'm against organized religion. I'm against this, that. And so I'm doing everything at home and, uh, you know, my, basically their own way. And, again, you know, God has been left out of the picture. And so that's what we're going to go through. We're going to look at, for a brief moment, first of all, the pattern in Scripture to, to join a local work, And to gather together to worship God in one place. And that's so we're going to look at the pattern of scripture for that. And we hope that you will approach this in such a way as to see that, um, you know, that God doesn't ask that much of us, you know, in in the big picture of things when it comes to how much time we spend, um, especially as a congregation joining together to worship, but he does require that. He does require certain things. So uh, any any words on that, Richard, before we get into the scriptures?
1: Well, I, I do think we need to keep in mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we are a living sacrifice. And Jesus was willing to risk uh, his life many times, but especially on the cross when he actually did give up his life in order to do a service. In Philippians 2, uh, Paul commends Epaphroditus, who, in order to provide Paul service, he was nigh unto death. And so Christianity is not always, service to the Lord is not always going to be easy. It, going to church on Sunday is not always going to be 75 degrees and sunny. And, and I say that to say that our service to God is not always easy. You're going to have to sometimes risk your own welfare in order to do the Lord's work. And you're going to have to be willing to pay that price, Jesus made that very clear when He told us to count the cost. So, I think when we're talking about our service to the Lord, and and part of that is our worship, we need to keep that mind in mind that we are a living sacrifice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's be let's begin, and I'm going to actually go back up to Acts chapter two for just a minute because after those three thousand souls obeyed the gospel. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. He goes on to explain through verse 46 that they were you know that they were um, you know going house to house daily, but on the first day of the week, they were they were meeting together in the temple. So they were gathering together first and foremost. You go to Acts chapter 9, and this is after the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. And it, it, it can be a little bit, bit difficult to lay out the timeline, especially when you compare here in Acts 9 and you compare uh, Galatians and, and, and all the things that are stated. But Paul went, he left for three years after his conversion, and he comes back to Jerusalem. And here he comes back, and he tries to, in verse 26, join himself to the brethren, the church in Jerusalem. And of course, at this time, the apostles were leery. They're, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. We know this guy. This guy's been persecuting the church, you know, because Saul had a reputation for all of this. And Barnabas spoke up and said, "No, listen. He, this guy's been converted. He's been doing a lot of good things. He's been preaching Christ." And so they received him into their fellowship. And so we see there the beginning of this pattern. Uh, first of all, joining yourself to a local work, not just, um, you know, staying at home, doing things your own way or in part, you know, God's way, but then the rest your way. Because if you're going to stay at home and think that you can just stay at home and worship God um, at home without ever assembling or being a part of or joining a local congregation of God's people, you're missing the pattern set forth in God's word. And here's a perfect example in the beginning of that pattern being established as Paul went to join himself to the church in Jerusalem. Yes.
1: You know, we, uh, I've had much experience with people who come to Kearney. And when I talk to them, it appears they want to start coming to church. And when I'll say, what do you want to join the church? And they're like, well, I'm already a member of the church. I've been baptized into Christ. I've, I've been added to the church. And I'm like, well, no. Do you want to join yourself to the group? And of course, you know, Acts chapter nine is, is brought up, and, and a lot of people don't even think that they that that, that is a responsibility uh, for us to not only join ourselves to the group, but also to uh, uh, place ourselves uh, under the the local church government that the Lord has established.
0: Right. Yeah. And and in that you know and you use the word government the organization however you want to say it philippians chapter 1 elders deacons and saints right that's that's kind of how the local congregation is is to be made up titus chapter 1 verse 5 go set in order those things which are lacking a, and appoint elders in every church so elders are to be those shepherds that lead the local flock and hebrews 13 verse 17 for example, tells us that we are to submit to the elders of the local church. So Hebrews thirteen verse seventeen talks about submitting to those elders. If you're not a part of a local congregation, then um, you know that is something that you're you're not doing, you're not engaging in, and and you're not allowing those elders to do their job uh, and their and and fully you know, um, have that responsibility of overseeing the local work. And there's a lot of passages. Hebrews 13, 17 is not, you know, the one and only. We're not resting on that. There are a ton of passages that talk about submitting yourself to the elders.
1: Well, uh, 1 Peter 5, 1, the elders which are among you, uh, their job is to feed the flock, and they are to take oversight of this. Well, by feeding the flock, we're talking about the teaching. And so, you know, you need to be a part of that group uh, so that you can be taught. You know, I was talking to our father-in-law one time, and uh, we were talking about being an elder. And he said, you know, he goes, the first thing, if, if I was ever made an elder, the first thing I'd want to know is, who's a member here? And I said, why is that? And he said, because I want to know who I'm responsible for. Right. And I thought, well, you know, that's a really good answer. I never really thought about it like that. But, you know, the elders have to give an answer. And so because of that, it's important that they know who they have to give an answer for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 not only that, you know, we're told to submit to them, but we're also told to submit to one another. And that's where some of this problem comes in. Because, you know, uh, if, if we refuse to join ourselves to a local work, you know then we're refusing to submit to one another we're refusing to submit to the elders and, and this is god's word you know this isn't something richard's made up this is something that i've made up you know that we've come up with and we think is a good idea a good plan this is this is god revealing his will to us and setting forth a pattern that we are to follow and so that's that's why we're talking about this right now uh, because there is this we're we're really concerned about after going through this pandemic and all of the means, which are great means, listen, we are taking advantage of means and we will plan on doing, you know, programs like this long after this pandemic is over, long after any stay at home orders are lifted. This is a resource that I think is a very good resource to preach and teach the gospel of Christ. So that's what we're going to be doing. And but the danger is, people are going to say, "Well, we've been doing this. we have listening online. I've been being fed. I've been, you know, spiritually. I've been hearing this, and so I want to continue doing it that way." And and then that's the that's the end of it for them. That's all that they're going to be receiving. And and that's where, when you look at God's word, you find that uh, that that's not going to work because you're not completely following through with God's will. When it comes to submitting to elders or submitting to one another, and and even in worship, there's a lot of things about worship that while there are certain while there is uh, certainly individual benefit, there is a collective benefit and command when it comes to worship as well, such as singing Ephesians five nineteen and Colossians three sixteen. Um, Colossians three sixteen, for example, says, you know, singing to one another, right? It's it is a reciprocal action. Uh, we we receive that edification, that building up from hearing one another sing songs of praise, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah, I
1: had I had a sister in Christ tell me this week we were discussing about online worship. And I asked them, I said, well, who are you singing? Who are you singing to? And, of course, uh, she said, the Lord. And I'm like, yeah, but who's hearing you other than the Lord? And she's like, well, you know, we're worshiping God. And I'm like, you need to look at the verses, though, because singing, singing plays a part in more than just you lifting up your voices to God. You know, you admonish one another, as you said in Colossians uh, 3.16. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, We build each other up when we assemble. And by our singing, that's just one example of it, but our our singing, uh, Chris, if we assemble together, I am encouraging you, and you're encouraging me. But if we're doing this online, and we're listening to music. You're listening to music. I'm listening to music and we're both singing. the only one that's hearing us is the computer and the Lord. So we're missing out on something that's, that's the Lord has instituted. That is essential to the building up of the flock.
0: Yeah. And, and that's something that I think is very important and vital for us to understand because you know, um, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, consider one another, right? So yes, we are worshiping God. God is the object of our worship. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. We looked at John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, where he, he says that, you know, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. But it's also about our service to one another and building up and encouraging one another. When you look at there in Ephesians four, um, verse uh, eleven through sixteen, and he points out there in, in Ephesians 4, 11 through sixteen that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. But he goes on to talk about you know not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but being built up and encouraged, and and then building up the body as he goes through, by which every part does its share. And so we are, we are talked about as a body, both in the universal sense, as in we're all members of the body of Christ when we are baptized into Christ, but also as we join ourselves to a local work in, the, in, the, um, in what we do as members of a local congregation, one to another, and singing is a great example of that, but not just singing you know, yes, we're worshiping God, praising God, but it is, as you very well point out from those verses, you know, to one another, building up, encouraging one another. And I think that's something that really needs to be stressed and considered. Um, And think about the Lord's Supper as well. You know, we are communing with Christ. First Corinthians chapter 10 talks about how we commune. When we partake of the bread, you know, we are communing with the body of Christ. Taking of the fruit of the vine, we're communing with the blood of Christ. Or in that word, communing is fellowship, which we'll talk about as well. But when you look at the next chapter, chapter 11, in verses 17 through 23, here it talks about, you know, and he's getting ready to talk about, you know, uh, taking the Lord's Supper. But he says, when you come together, three times, when you come together, when you come together as a church, when you come together in one place, not spread out throughout the country through, you know, you, through use of, you know, internet or anything like that. Technology can be a great thing, but it is not a substitute for God's word by any means and what he has commanded. And he's commanded us to come together in one place and that is as a local church. And I think that's stated very well in First Corinthians 11, verses 17
1: through 23. If we don't have to come together, then why do we need church buildings? I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I know that's not justification for coming together. We're looking for a scriptural basis for doing that. But now think about that, though. I mean, this is a, a radical change from what has taken place since the, the first-century church was created, but he had churches that met in houses.
0: They're
1: okay, uh, the churches met, you know, all different places. Never do I have I ever heard of a church meeting on the internet, and uh, not, not, not that in and of itself doesn't make it wrong. But what you just said is very important. Uh, the examples, the pattern that we have set forth, we have many verses where it talks about the church. Coming together, uh, the church, the assembly of the saints, and and so we need to make sure that uh, we got too much to lose here, Chris. Uh, we don't want to lose our souls, and then not only that, we want to make sure that uh, as many people go to heaven. We we want to go to heaven, and we want to take as many people with us. Right. And so you know, somebody may look at us and say, you know, you guys are being awful strict with what the scriptures teach. What well, do you want us to be loose? Do you want us to risk your soul? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't want somebody to risk my soul. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I want to know what the scriptures teach. And then let's just stick with that, because here's the deal. If we stick with what the scriptures teach, when we get to judgment, there's not going to be any surprises. And I don't want to be surprised at judgment.
0: Yeah, that's right. And very quickly now, and you, you did point this out that they did meet in homes, but here's the thing, you know, you, you know, because do we have to have a church building? Obviously we don't have to have a building built specific for that purpose. We can meet in homes. We have, um, friends who have churches that meet in their homes, uh, up in Polk County here in Missouri, there's a a good little group that meets in uh, a brother's home. And so that happens. Um, and, but here's the key, especially there in First Corinthians 11, coming together, right, in one place. You know, remember the word church in Scripture never means a building. The word church is the word assembling, assembling together. So, could we stay at home? Well, if the church is gathering at your home, okay, great. Uh, you know, if the the group of people is coming together, assembling at your home, then that that is that is fine. But to say that I'm going to stay home apart and separate from everyone else, that's the problem. That's what the Word of God says is not. No, don't do. That's not what God wants. It's not what God desires. He says, come together, come together in one place. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we want folks to understand and really consider. Uh, You know, during this time, we have a lot of fear. There's a lot of concern about coming together. And if you're at a high risk, you know, we want you to take precautions. And those who gather in places need to take precautions, no doubt. But we need to make sure that our heart is first and foremost set on things above, that it is with God and that we want to obey and do his will above all else. Yes, we consider others. Yes we we are, you know, to do that by all means. Uh, But we also need to make sure that in you know when we make these decisions that first and foremost god is in the forefront of all the things that we do so uh richard any last thoughts and then we need to wrap up for the day no
1: yeah (laughs) that's
0: well that's easy yeah (laughs) i I I just think i I think i I
1: really think you know we didn't talk about fellowship and some of the verses that correspond to to our fellowshipping one another but And I know we're out of time, but, you know, our listeners can go and study this for themselves. Fellowship means joint participation. And when you look at the different things in the Bible that tells us to fellowship one another in, uh, you know, you're going to have to get together with people. And it's going to be hard to do that if the church isn't assembly. Yeah, I'll leave that for other people to study.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and that maybe we can look at that, uh, you know, down the road, we can talk more about fellowship itself. So, but folks appreciate you, uh, tuning in here on YouTube and, and Facebook. Um, of course we're going to, we, we've taken our audio, we've created a podcast. And so you can uh, search for that on your favorite platform of podcasts, sowers with swords. Uh, we are trying to get, uh, on, I heard that on I,
1: I found it on Spotify.
0: Yeah. All right. So and it was, yep. it was pretty neat. I yep. thought that was pretty good so we're on spotify we're on google um, we're on uh, uh spreaker uh, a couple other um, audio radio or something it's we got five different platforms we're on now we're trying to get approved on itunes and so hopefully we'll be there soon as well so so look for us there check in the meantime check out us on the web southsidesower.com check out richard up there in carney at carnychurch.com. uh and see what all he's doing on Thursdays and Sunday mornings as he does some online studies as well uh, up there. but until next time, you know remember we are to assemble together, but we must first set our affections on things above. Thank you for watching
1: Sowers with Swords, a work of Southside Church of Christ which meets at 1517 East Cherokee Street in Springfield, Missouri. Visit our website for more information southsidesower.com or email us at southsidesower at gmail.com.